It's Friday, October 2nd, and this is Charlie Fink with the This Week in XR podcast with my friend and colleague Ted Chilowitz, futurist at Paramount Pictures. This is the podcast where we take about a half an hour. We usually have a guest host who couldn't make it for technical reasons this week, but we knock around the week's news and uh, try and glean some insights uh, about what's going on. Uh, of course, at the top of the news this week is the U.S. election. There is no evading it. I try to spend days not thinking about Trump and what is happening to our country. But this week, we can't get away from it. And in fact, it's drowning out the tech, tech news, of which there was shockingly little this week. But I think that companies are, are a little like people in this respect, and no one knows what to think after that debate on I think we know that we live in a lawless country where the chief of executive doesn't feel like following the rules um, applies to him. So, uh, you know, it creates a problem. We've been talking about social media, but it creates a real problem uh, because no one has been here before and knows how to react. What to what is free speech versus what is safe speech? Um, and uh, it leads to some problems with social media. Both Facebook uh, and Twitter and TikTok have been working hard to register people for the election. Uh, Facebook says it's registered two and a half million people. Uh, Snap says it's, it's registered a million people, 80% um, of whom are under 30 and live in a Southern or Sunbelt state where Snap is disproportionately popular a factoid I did not know. And Facebook is trying to institute some kind of rules on advertising and false information. I, they've expanded those, just expanded those rules um, following the debate and the concern that there may be disinformation around the election on Facebook uh, around November 3rd. So they've made some changes, but I have to say, I've been thinking about Facebook's role and I'm deeply concerned, not because I think that they're bad people or they have malicious intent. They have created an algorithm, a recommendation algorithm that knows your psychographic so well, it could incite you to violence if it wanted. Now, what they want, of course, is for you to buy more things on Facebook. But the problem is this advertising algorithm has and is being used by bad actors to target people with political messages. And somehow that has to be prevented. Otherwise, all of recommendation engines need to be or eliminated. And I know it's going to hurt advertising, and I know it is a free speech, but who put Facebook in charge of free speech? That is insane. If you had told me 20 years ago that an individual would have this kind of power and would have no regulation, right? Mark Zuckerberg was selected by virtue of the fact that people are using his free software. They didn't vote for him to be king. Now, I, I think Facebook is trying its best, but honestly, what private company wants this problem? And, and it's hurting their uh, work to be a non-biased referee. Uh, and it needs to be regulated flat out or eliminated. And another fact that I came across this week is 20% of people agree with me. They think Facebook should be eliminated. I mean, not studied, although the politics stuff has been scrutinized, not studied is the effect that it's having on teenagers and social development. So I, I think this experiment has gotten out of control. 
and grown-ups need to step in and help Facebook solve a problem that they cannot solve themselves, no matter how smart they are or no matter how good their code is. So, I, you know, if you would ask me 20 years ago, would I want to live in that world, that kind of mindful and that kind of lack of accountability, most people would have said hell no. So that's my two cents on all that. I'm sorry to monopolize the time, but I've really been on a roll. I've been writing about it and thinking about it because I've been telling everybody TikTok is a distraction and TikTok is perfectly harmless. And I'm here to say, I think I spoke too soon. You know, when you're wrong, admit it quickly. I think Trump, you know, broken clock is right twice a day. Trump is right. There's a problem with the Chinese government having this psychographic that Facebook has. You know, it's the same problem. You know, if you are marketing in that way, if your software contains that kind of intelligence and it is not regulated, then you are doing something that is wrong. There's a lot to unpack there, Charlie. I know. I know. <laughs> this, is an, this is an interesting This Week at XR. It's more of a thought, <laughs> a thought exercise, a thought experiment for us. Uh, let, me, let me see if I can tackle these one piece at a time um, and, and add my perspective on some of it. Um, I think the first thing to note is that if we ever had a need for logical, smart, stable, important leadership in our country, certainly in my lifetime and your lifetime, we're about the same age, we would have said we could never see a time in the entire time we've been living where we require as a country leadership, actual, the word leadership, right? That moves way beyond politics, way beyond segmentation, way beyond everything that chews our country apart and puts our country together in various ways. We need leadership, smart, stable, thoughtful leadership. And we literally have none of that at the top right now. And it is not just the one person. It's not just the Democrats. It's the people that are all lining up with that person and staying silent. It's well, the, the only, the only uh, group or law that could force the president to be accountable is the Senate. And, and the Republican senators, uh, really, with only the exception of, of Mitt Romney and maybe Lisa Murkowski in Alaska, although she voted to acquit Trump, uh, have stood in lockstep behind the president his policies, his statements, and his behavior. Yeah. And, and of course, they made huge issues 20 years ago about the character of Bill Clinton. Um, you know, I thought it was exaggerated, but I respected the right of people to decide who they wanted to lead them based on the morality of that individual. So it is shocking to me what's happened in the past 20 years that made those people change their mind about that. Yeah. And, and obviously, this is a rabbit hole we could go down that maybe has a very minor ancillary connection to what our podcast is about, but it's an important topic to discuss. But, but you know what it has to do with, Ted? It has to do with science, mm. the science of climate change and the science of a pandemic. And now the president, for all of his bluster, the coronavirus is in the White House and he and his wife have tested positive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they couldn't have had more warnings or had those warnings over more of a period of time. Now, look, I get it. 
I get it, right? My son and daughter-in-law came with my grandchild from New York. Um, I've been hugging and kissing that baby since she got here. Mm -hmm. So it was a risk I was willing to take. But, you know, Trump's flying all over the country. His risks are 100 times more than mine, even though they're testing everybody. Um, you don't know who was standing in that room an hour before you. You know, and the stuff lingers in the air. That's why you wear a mask. Well, I mean, behavioral choices are going to catch up with you, right? So if you participate in behavior that is clearly visually challenging, sooner or later, your number's going to be up, right? And, well, and science, right? I mean, this is the world's leading science denier being reintroduced to science. Because you can't will yourself not to get sick. That's not the way it works. Yeah, I mean, that, you know, the interesting comment I've heard mostly about the virus is the virus doesn't know or care about politics. The virus doesn't know who you are as a human. The virus doesn't know your moral and ethical code. The virus just knows that it needs to survive and, and populate. And that's kind of what's so interesting about this is that, you know, all we have as humans is our own understanding of how dangerous it is, how important it is to learn about and follow the scientific understanding of how it transmits and how to best protect ourselves, right? And if you choose to not pay attention to that, to not believe in it, sooner or later, you're gonna get caught because the virus doesn't care. The virus is not like the Senate. The virus will not allow bad behavior to continue. The virus will just get you, right? Because right. that's what it does. So the virus says, hey, a willing host, I'm here. So, you know, and, and I, so, so I think as, as you dove, dove into some of your topics, um, a very, very interesting one to delve deeply into, and it will not be a one discussion thing, it, it requires a lot of thought process, is this um, discussion about the social media networks and the algorithms and the search engines and how they have um, found a way to code for profit, right? And, and figure out coding the human understanding, the human psychology, the human brain chemistry, the human dopamine response, right? Yes. These are really deep things to talk about. And yes. to sort of like, how do you sort of grapple with so much power being in the hands of so few? And I think maybe the most relevant discussion, which isn't discussed a lot, and I think this could be valuable to discuss, is the idea of when you democratize information and you democratize the tools and make the tools accessible to everyone, then lots of points of view can come to the surface and you can have lots of different ways to achieve objectives. In today's technology world, the difficulty and the complexity of the, the technology itself and how to make it run, what we typically call coding it, right? is still left in the hands of a very, very small amount of humans. So when I do group discussions, sometimes at the very end, I'll ask a group of people, who here knows how to read? Like in a, a big audience, right? At a big conference or something like a CES, a big, big speech, thousands of people. And everybody will raise their hand, okay? Who knows how to read? Great, everybody. Um, next question, who knows how to write? And everybody in an audience like CES would raise their hand. Now, not everybody knows how to write, right? There's a small number of people in the world today that are illiterate that did not learn how to read or write, right? But it's a very tiny number compared to how many people look at code all day. Everybody that has a smartphone and a computer 
all you're doing is looking at some sort of coded stuff. We're doing it right now. There's code behind the scene, layers and layers of code language that allows this to happen, this video chat and everything else we do all day, right? How many people look at code more than anything else you do all day? Raise your hand. Everybody raise their hand. Now, how many people know how to code? And in an audience of a few thousand people, five people will raise their hands. Now you have the essence of the problem. So you've created a system where so few people know how to control the system and drive the system that it disallows lots of voices, right? By its very nature. You can actually look at video, the democracy, democratization, democratization of video creation and distribution as the last fight that kind of worked out in society's favor because now everybody has the ability to be on TV, make TV, and control TV, right? And YouTube is maybe the biggest agent of change that forced that into the world. Plus cameras like GoPros and, and yeah. you know, cell phone cameras and essentially took all the tools that only a teeny, teeny amount of people had access to. Well, I'll go cameras. one step further and say, were it not for cameras, we really would not have fully understood the meaning of the Black Lives Matter movement because Black people yeah. have been telling us for 150 years, these bastards are killing us for no reason. Somebody help. Right. But there was no visual, right? There was no way to know it was really happening. Other than and now there's a video every week and you finally have to say to yourself, wow, right. this is actually real. And this, it's an open game on these people. And we didn't realize, yeah, and they kill a lot of white people too. We did not realize that the police are protected from murder. Yes. So, so when you boil it all down, the next step in the proper evolution of solving the problems is not going to be solved from the inside out. It's going to be solved from the outside in. It's going to be solved from better control of the tools and the way that we use our tools. So the more people that learn not just how to read, not just to consume this content on computers, but learn how to make this content on computers, the more voices you will have, the more places you will get to go, and the more access to a lot of points of view you will have. Right now, we have Google's point of view, Facebook's point of view, Snapchat's point of view, and a few others, TikTok's point of view, and they control many, especially youth, their brain and their body, right? And it's a small, small number of companies. What you need is the same version of what we have today with video creation and, and writing creation, where you know, we still have lots of different places to disseminate that information and lots of different voices in the equation. So that's what has to change, I believe. In, in, a, in the old world, right, there were a few gatekeepers that were big media companies that decided what you got to see and hear. Yes. And because there were so few companies, there was something called the FCC. And the FCC monitored those outlets very quick, very uh, closely. And when they violated the rules, they were quick to penalize them. And we did away with that role for the FCC in the early 90s because of cable television. The argument was, of course, well, all voices will be heard now. The government does not, no longer needs to regulate, right? Same kind of logic behind the Re Voting Rights Act. There doesn't seem to be widespread voter uh, repression. Therefore, this law is no longer necessary. That was kind of another bizarre one from the Supreme Court. But um, 
we are in a position where we need an FCC to monitor these big social platforms and and make sure uh, that their systems are working. Yeah, right? I don't doubt that that YouTube is working as hard as it can to keep criminal content off of YouTube, but it's an incredible game of whack-a-mole that they're the ones who judge whether it's working and whether it's acceptable. And so I don't want a bureaucrat elected unaccountable bureaucrat inside of a private company who has no accountability to the public. They only have an accountability to the balance sheet. Um, and, and again, not all companies value only their balance sheet, right? I'm not painting Google with a brush saying, you know, they're bad people. I actually think like Mark Zuckerberg that they're good people, mm -hmm. but they have through the law of unintended consequences been imbued with an unusual and dangerous amount of power. I don't think they were seeking that power, but now that they have it, you know, they're like somebody who's like, oh shoot, I have all this power. Well, since I have it, I got to think about whether or when I want to give it away. I have a lot of value. Yeah, it comes in later in the equation, right? Not at the beginning of the equation. And you touched on the other side of the argument, the devil's, the devil's uh, bargain, as it were, right? Playing the devil's advocate. What we just discussed is the power in the hands of a very few people. But what happens when you give visual and AV and media power to everybody, right? You do get chaos. And we know that lies spread faster than truth that media can affect lies with greater power than truth, that people can build their virtual, their, their mental walled garden of just seeing the media that they want. Right. To it's, see. The, it's the social media echo chamber that, that we construct for ourselves and, and is never systemically challenged, right? Instead of an algorithm that shows me only progressive politics, there should be an algorithm that shows me a range of views. It's like, for me, I, I, I like to just try and get a little dose of Fox News uh, once a day, because I'm sure like you, I'm more of a, a CNN, MSNBC sort of person, right? And, and, I, and I believe that is more truth-telling, and I believe that is more like valid and more scientific. But I also want to see what the other side is saying, and I find it interesting to see how even within 15 or 20 minutes of, of dropping into their chamber, right? You kind of like your brain starts to go, oh, well, that kind of is interesting. That sort of makes sense. Like they're making a compelling argument. Okay. Like I'm, I'm listening. Okay. That's interesting. So now well, I actually, point where like, know, that's watching Fox News too, and I don't think that Fox News per se is that slanted to the right. Mm -hmm. I think it is their uh, personalities, their talk personalities, you know, Hannity and so forth uh, that are so extreme. But Fox News in itself, you know, I turn it on in the car and it really is substantially yeah, similar. They'll, they'll deliver the news. news. Is that their job? Yeah, they're, right? yeah, they're doing a, a journalism job and they're not thinking about what it means politically, right. uh, which is what a news source should be. So I have no beef with Fox News other than their talk shows. Yeah, and it's okay uh, to have opinion that just they can't hide it when it's not, you know, or trying to say it's news when it's actually opinion is where, is where the trouble comes in.
has bled into MSNBC. It, you know, mm -hmm. MSNBC at this point has devolved into hysterical screaming about what's happening. And it's like, I'm doing that already. I don't need additional screaming about what's going on or listen to people like me who are freaking out. So, uh, you know, they're not uh, exactly helping, although I suppose, you know, venting as a community is also uh, allowed at a uh, time like this. I'm, I'm very hopeful that uh, despite objections, this will be a uh, an election result that is hard to contest. Um, but you know, the people have to turn out. They didn't in 2016. They didn't in the off years for Obama and you know the Republican-led Congress and a Republican-led Senate. So uh, hopefully, those things will change and uh, we'll get a diverse number, uh, more diversity and more progressive policies uh, from a Biden administration. But uh, in any event, uh, things just got interestinger and interestinger. I suspect uh, the coming week will bring more and uh, that may mean more of this kind of news and less tech news. We were gonna talk about uh, the Oculus Quest uh, in this uh, episode. I think we can put that off uh, in the interest of time, I will say this about the Quest. Fantastic resolution. The strap is a disaster. Um, so the comfort level of it has gone down, but the usefulness of it has gone up. Um, well, uh, a bunch of other quibbles, but let's be clear. They cut the price by $100 and they increased the most important thing in VR, which is the resolution of the display. Like everything else with Facebook, I love it and I hate it. <laughs> and that was obviously the, the biggest thing you and I were focused on is, can they get a better processor in it? They did. Can they modernize the optics and the resolution? They did. So the rest of it we'll, we'll debate and discuss. And I think yeah. it is kind of more appropriate in a couple of weeks to talk more in deep about this because a lot of people are going to get theirs in the next 10 days. Yes. So yes. we'll have a lot of people talking about it yeah. and giving their opinions other than just you and yeah. I in our but, but the reviews have been uniformly good with a couple of ex exceptions and I, I think it's well deserved yeah, so you know should you go out and buy one yes go buy one but get the improved head strap it'll make it a better experience and and I'm waiting for mine to arrive so I bought one too uh, anyway that's all folks thanks for hanging out with us for half an hour Ted always a pleasure buddy my pleasure Bye, everybody. Have a great weekend.